Lead Heads, welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast, this is episode 192. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's show. Oh, and by the way, I'm your host, Left Hand. <laughs> and I do have a, a co-host with me. I'm going to go ahead and introduce him. All the way from the UK, we've got our good buddy, Alan Easton, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I've been bumped to co-host this time. I've our <laughs> our lead head from across the pond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Spot on. Hello, everybody. It's good to be back. So you guys may have seen Alan's response to our post to last week's show, uh, where a jack wagon was a gentleman from my uh, town that I live in here in Murfreesboro, where he was uh, illegally smuggling some suppressors in. So we've got some follow-up on that story and some insight from Alan on that. So that's one reason why we wanted to invite Alan on the show. And then, of course, mm-hmm. as everybody has heard recently, the uh, the Bonehead, which is going to be uh, our jack wagon this week over there, that uh, ran over some people in a vehicle and uh, killed four, I think, and stabbed a police officer and, and murdered him yep. as well. Uh, another yep. Muslim extremist. Uh, yep. All in the name of Allah Akbar. <laughs> Aloha snack bar or whatever. Aloha snack bar. Aloha snack bar, yeah. So um, (laughs) last week's show we had our good buddy Argo J on, so I hope you guys caught that and went out and bought his magazine skill set, which I'm looking, I just bought it, Alan. (laughs) I I went out and bought it. Went out, you see there's skill set. Oh, hey, that looks all right, doesn't it? It's pretty good. It's got quite a... Uh, recoil sort of look to it as well, hasn't it? The well, you know, it's it's and- kind of coming across as that alpha lifestyle, you know, magazine kind of yeah. like Recoil does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Recoil. Um, going through and reading and seeing the you know the types of articles and and stories that are in here, but um, it does go above and beyond just firearms. So there's yeah. you know a little bit of everything in here. There's stuff about beer. Uh, there's stuff about cigars. Um, there's gear review, which that is what Argo J was doing. They had uh, giving, I don't know, four or five different people a Grey Ghost Gypsy bag, and uh, they all wrote a little review on it there. And that's where Argo's is. He's I'll show you. Citizen One. I don't know, can you see that? Oh yeah, just yeah, just about. Yeah, right there. So that's that's Argo's yeah. uh, little thing. Um, that's I say little thing. That's Argo's review of the Grey Ghost Gypsy bag, and uh, I like what he says in it. I'm just going to give you a little taste of uh, what Argo says. So he's saying he's taken out out in the rain, and it's it's got a wax kind of canvas on it. So he says, I figured the water would roll off it like sweat on a stripper's ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know, great, um, great review here by definitely Argo, and there's several other people, but you're going to have to get the magazine to read the full article. I just want to give you a little taste there. Uh, but it's called Skill Set Magazine, and you get it at um, what's the name of that bookstore? Barnes and Noble. Barnes. Do you have Barnes and Noble in uh, the UK? No, no. It's uh, it's one that I hear about on on podcasts all the time. Um, I listen to quite a few podcasts these days from from like to yourself and uh, a few other sort of lifestyle ones. Um, uh, and they, they always go on about Barnes and Noble, but yeah, no, we don't we don't have Barnes and Noble over here. Our our big one over here would be like W H Smiths uh-huh. or um, uh, what's the big book shop called? Oh, I forget the name of it, but we we we. 
WH Smiths used to be good for all the magazines and and, and what have you. So gotcha. that would be the one yeah. that. Uh, well, I can I tell you this: this is the only, the first and only <laughs> magazine or book or anything that I've ever bought from Barnes and Noble. So that's right. how that's how often I go to Barnes and Noble. Uh, yeah. And it was just to get the skill set magazine. So if you guys get an ah. opportunity, and it's not, it wasn't in the sports section either. It was in like men's lifestyle or something like that. I had a tough time finding it, so I had to ask the the person up front to mm. uh, to scope it out for me. So if you have trouble finding it, just go to the uh, the person up front there at the checkout counter, and they'll help you find it. So. I suppose, but I suppose it's a good that's one. It, what they're aiming at, isn't it? Is the the lifestyle side of things rather than just focusing on the sports and and firearms side, maybe? Yeah, I mean it's it's the style, it's the you know. The, the lifestyle, the fitness, there's a lot of fitness things in here. They got some MMA guys in here. There's some tips on uh, for women um, on fighting and protecting themselves. So, I mean, it's, it's, got, it's a good variety. And they've mm. even got a dude from Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, is his oh, name? Which one? Zoltan. Zoltan Bathory. There you go. Yeah. That man is a beast. He he will kick your ass, take you to the range, have a great time with you at the range, and then drive you home in his Ferrari. Oh my! Have you have, do you know him? No, I don't. Sort of, I don't know him, but I know I know of him, and I know Five Finger yeah. Death Punch. I love Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, cool! Yeah, uh, uh, I only really got into the. Funnily enough, not long after being on the show with Dan and and um, and what have you. Um, oh, what was it? I was I was following somebody at the time and they they done the they done an AR the AR for him uh-huh. uh for Zoltan um and they'd done it in like they'd seracoated it red and yellow I think it was. Um I'm trying to think who it was. It wasn't like unique ARs but it had a had a had a had a four stock on it like um like unique ARs do. Uh-huh. I think it had five finger death punch on it. Uh anyway nice. and they they'd sent it out to him and it they painted it the same red and yellow that's on his Ferrari. Um so when they You know what him I think it, I saw that. I think I have seen that one. Yeah. Uh, it, it did the rounds for a while. I think it still goes round every now and again. Um, so yeah, I've then looked into Zoltan Bathory, found out about Five Finger Death Punch, and listened to a few of their albums. Yeah, I quite like them guys. Yeah, they they seem like uh, no holds barred sort of uh, proper American rock sort of band. They they they're pretty good. Yeah, and I don't even think he's American. I think he uh, like immigrated over here. But uh, yeah, it says with yeah. a bag of clothes, a guitar, and an English dictionary, I managed to make my way to the land of the free that had a constitution <laughs> worth defending. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, it don't get much better than that, does it? <laughs> yeah. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. So yeah. I, I googled uh, Zoltan Bathory AR15, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's definitely cerakoted up nice there. To does man- it say was that built that? Does it say who built it? Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think who it. This is a. This was in an episode of uh, Recall, which is that's why I remember seeing this because I had that episode. Yeah. Uh, at episode that issue of uh, Recall at RecallWeb.com five five six tactical. That's what it says. Five five six tactical. Yeah, that yeah. rings a bell. That rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's who did it. Five five six tactical. Ah, cool. Yeah. So, um, 
So we went from uh, skill set to recall, but <laughs> it's all related, it's, it's man. Not too, isn't it? You so know, as you're but... reading that about Zoltan Zoltan Bathory in uh, in skill set, then go check out recallweb.com and you can uh, look at that badass AR that five five six tactical made for him. Mm. So it's the um, the review that uh, Argo J had done. He was say, he was saying on the show how um, they passed the same gear out to all the other guys, and they all so on that on that review that he's done. Is it does it have all the reviews from the other guys listed as well? When you when you flip yeah. the page around, look like that was the yeah. So, so it's you like, could re- read each person's mm-hmm. review of it, and then sort of make your own mind up a little bit. Yeah, it's called Revolution Review, mm. and uh, there's see, there's one, two, three four or five people that reviewed this and there's um like argo said there's like a fitness model fashion model chick there's like a, a police officer there's a uh, looks like a marine they call him the jarhead adventure <laughs> racer um it's like a guy that does mountain biking and stuff like that and then yeah. argo is dubbed the shooter cool so it gets a good, a good spread of different types of different lifestyles types, and, and yeah. reviews from them. Yeah, different uses that people might have for it. You know, so, yeah, they're unbiased, unpaid, and they're not all giving it thumbs up either. So I mean, it doesn't. It's not getting torn up like shredded apart. But I mean, I think most people yeah. find a, a good use for it. Average rating, I think, on it was like a seven uh, between mm. the, the five. So. Mm. That's good. That's good. Uh, it it sound, sounded quite interesting the uh, the concept when he was talking about it. So yeah, it piqued my interest a little bit. So I'll I'll have to have a look and see if we can get. Uh, do they have a digital copy of it that um, you could probably download from their website or something? Maybe let's have a look into that. But I had that. to go get the hard copy because it's the very first one, and uh, Leadhead mm. Argo J is in there. So yeah, we had to support our fellow Leadheads. You know. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of supporting people, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors, the people that uh, make this show possible. Frontier Tactical, uh, you guys heard me talk last week. They have released their new line of AR-15s with the Warlock system, the multi-caliber adapter system. All their their rifles, the uh, F, they're calling the FT-15s, as Frontier Tactical 15s come with the multiple caliber platform now so when you buy it it's standard and you'll be able to right out of the box be able to shoot up to 90 different calibers obviously you're just going to have to buy the the different barrel assemblies uh whatnot and and bolts if it does require a bolt magazine you'll have to change those but uh, that's pretty cool they've got a pistol version of it also pretty cool stuff real awesome truck gun if you guys are looking for a versatile truck gun then you need to check out frontier tactical and their new FT-15 line of AR-15s. X-Steel Targets. X-Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today. X-Steel Targets. Check them out at xsteeltargets.com. You want a shooting star, they've got it. You want a dueling tree, they've got it. You want just gongs and uh, metal plates to shoot, they've got those. You want silhouettes. Or if there's something uh, you think of that they don't have, get with them, and more than likely they'll be able to make it for you. So give Bud Sanson a call over there at xsteeltargets.com, or actually shoot him an email, because I don't know his phone number right off. I know his personal number, but I can't give that to you. <laughs> but I'm sure he'd probably be fine if I, if I did give that out. He's a really nice guy. Modern Spartan Systems. 
for your cleaning, lube. They do it all. Uh, they've got the modern Spartan system accuracy oil. They've got the grease. They have the carbon destroyer. They have the lens cleaners for your scopes. Even for your uh, shooting glasses, you can put that stuff on there and that'll help with your shooting glasses. Your iPro. And uh, they even have some products for your vehicles. And uh, I, I forget to mention when I talk about them is they even have some stuff for you fishermen out there too that you can put on your fishing line that helps uh, with that. I'm not, uh, I've never used lubrication fishing before, but apparently some people do. So I, I guess it's a necessity. So uh, check them out. They're actually, Alan, they're actually getting into the automotive racing world as well. I know they're All doing right. they're doing some tests with uh, with some of the I think NASCAR teams. I can't say which oh. ones, but uh, they're testing their product out right now. Cool. Oh, that sounds good. I remember hearing you saying you're running some in your in your truck at the minute in the the lad sled. Yeah. Thinking, oh, wonder what wonder whether whether they come up with some applications for race cars. So yeah, they have. So um, I might be able to put you in touch with him for your for your race. Alan does racing. We haven't yeah. talked about that yet, but Alan is in into racing and uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about that coming up also. Yeah, yeah. So check him out, modernspartansystems.com. Glock, the official carry of Talking Lead. And uh, do you guys have you guys can carry there in the UK, right? Or you or can't you? You can't, can you? Uh, no. Not even with a no. special permit, can you? Nope. Nothing. We are you, technically Sucks you to could be, be pro, you could be <laughs> prosecuted for carrying a bunch of keys if you held them in the wrong way over there. <laughs> but you a can't own a suppressor. A lot of you guys will struggle to uh, to grasp with, but uh, yeah. But you can buy a suppressor over the counter, but you can't uh, carry a firearm. So yeah, yeah, a lot of good that does you, but. <laughs> Yeah. Glock. It's, check them out at usglock.com. Um, in addition to uh, firearms, you know, you live the Glock lifestyle. They've got clothes. They've got um, hats. They've got coolers, cigar cutters, you name it. They've got all kinds of stuff in their Glock store. So go check them out, usglock.com. Multicam Pattern, uh, sponsors of the lead sled camo that we've got going right now, uh, the black multicam. Thanks to Ernesto over there for hooking us up with that. Uh, looking at maybe doing an arid multicam next time. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, anytime you guys go to any of these sponsors, like I've said in the past, use code LEADHEAD. And uh, most of them have it set up where you'll get some sort of a discount. Um, even if, if, it, if you don't, there's usually like a little section where you can contact them. Just shoot them a little message. Let them know you're LEADHEAD. And uh, they'll hook you up with something. So. Let's get on with the show. I know the man over there at the UK, Alan, is, well, you're five hours ahead of us. Is that right? Yeah, I'm just looking at it. It's uh, yeah, half, half past eight in the evening now. So Okay, so it's I mean, getting close to dinner time and bedtime for you, huh? Yeah, not far off. Not far off. Got a busy day tomorrow. Uh, a lot of work to do on the car. Um, we've got a practice session in the morning and then qualifying in the afternoon um, with, with Luke Browning in his uh, Citroen Saxo race car. Um, 
So tell me about this. So uh, were you into racing last time you were on? It's been you've been on what two times? Just yeah, once before. So this is the second time. The second yeah. time. Okay. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't really in. I was. I was always been into it. Um, I, I watched the Formula One and a couple of different uh, race series over in the UK uh, most of my life, but. Um, really got into it not long after being on the show um with with you and uh back when uh zeke when zeke was on. yeah bigfoot yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so this racing you just got into it a little bit after your your last appearance on our show yeah um, what I've, is saxo uh, what is a saxo car saxo racing what is I'll, that I was just thinking that. I don't think you guys have have uh, have uh, experienced the delights of a Citroen Saxo over over your way. Um, if you Google it, you can pull up images and stuff. They're basically um, a little two door hatchback. Looks like a rabbit or something like. That. Yeah, like a little rabbit. Um, yeah, the VW rabbits. Um, little 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 small hatchback. Well, Honda something. Yeah. Typically come with a uh, the. More top of the range models come with a sixteen hundred cc engine. Nice, pushing out a whopping hundred and twenty horsepower. Wow! So absolutely <laughs> minuscule in what you guys are used to. I think you guys have got lawnmowers that are more powerful, haven't you? <laughs> well, yeah. I think I think uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say I think my girlfriend's vibrator is a. Uh... <laughs> Is more powerful than that. That might put me in a bad yeah. light, mightn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're, um, they're 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 a bit smaller than what you guys are used to. But over here, um, yeah, one point six to two liters is is a is an average sort of size engine. So um, when they came out around the the sort of late nineties. 2000s um they were, they were quite a good little car you know they developed um they developed a bit of a uh, a reputation in the uk for being um being sort of what they what they call a chav car uh <laughs> how do you explain chavs um chavs spell that c-h-a-v it's supposed to stand for council housed and violent it was a, okay. <laughs> a, a, a derogatory term for people who are on social security and um gotcha. live basically depend on the state for their for their entire livelihood um they they were quite cheap cheerful little cars so they were bought by people at the sort of the bottom rung of the, the social ladder right. shall we say um but they yeah they they're quite capable quite well handling little cars so they they also made quite an impression in the in the motorsport side of things and I got, I well, me and my other half, um, we actually bought one just, just over 10 years ago now, I think. Um, fell in love with the little thing. Um, one of my cousins had it for sale. I went down, had a test drive. He lives in the countryside, so we went thrashing around all these little country lanes. And I got out of the car and I was laughing my head off and just thought, I've got to buy this. This is brilliant <laughs> fun. You know, the sort of thing you just turn the steering wheel, it goes where you point it, you put your foot down, it takes off like a bit of a rocket. You know, So these are just like a step up from a go-kart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, you guys probably have seen the, the minis, you know, the, the, the old-fashioned mini cars, mini mm -hmm. coopers. Yeah. The, 
they're, they're like a modern equivalent of that. Slightly, I say modern. They're old now, but you, you know what I mean. For, yeah. for two, year two thousand, around that era, um, they they were a modern equivalent of the mini. You know, wheel in each corner, good power to weight ratio, good handling. They were just fun to drive. So uh, yeah, I ended up getting the first one about ten years ago with my other with my other half. Um, we did a few little tweaks to the suspension, exhaust, uh, and inlet manifold changes just to get a bit of extra power out of it mm-hmm. um and we just we drove all over the country in it um went and visited family went on holidays really enjoyed it so it sort of got under our skin a little bit bet- between the pair of us and um me more so um i ended up buying another one which i've then developed into my own race car bought it with uh with the idea was behind the second one was to buy build and get on track um, for under a thousand pounds. Um, so I bought the car, I bought some decent suspension, did some basic engine modifications, bought a bucket seat and a harness, um, and then booked uh, a track day at Anglesey Race Circuit. So um, how much money have you dumped into this thing? Oh, <laughs> uh, now? After you but, bought it, yeah. I mean, how, after uh, how much? Yeah, probably... <sighs> Probably around two and a half thousand pounds so far. Um, oh, that's not still, too bad. Yeah, it, I mean, like I say, they, they're nowadays you can pick them up for a, a couple of hundred pounds. You know, a thousand bucks and below easily will get you a good one. Um, and they're, they're great little cars. Um, they, they really suit the, the motorsport side of things now and track day goers, you know, people who just want something cheap and cheerful that they don't have to spend a lot of money on, yeah. um, but they want to get a lot of bang for the buck. So you could buy one of these, put a few thousand quid into it, a couple of thousand dollars maybe, um, get it set up really well and take it on at any track anywhere. And, and I, I, I've, I've I would be surprised with, that they're not racing these in America. Are they not? Do you know that for a fact? I, not that I know of. Not that I know of. No, I'm not aware of any sort of outside of uh, of Europe. Um, UK, we've got uh, a couple of series where they're quite popular, uh, a couple of different race series. The one that we're working with at the minute um, is the Junior Saloon Car Championship, mm-hmm. where they use solely Citroen Saxos. Um, you've got a couple of different series, the um, CNC Heads uh, Tin Top Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use all sorts of different cars, but um, the, the Peugeot 106 and the Citroen Saxos, they're quite prolific in those championships. They do really well. Um, the Peugeot 106 was basically um, a carbon copy of the, the Citroen Saxo, just the body shape was slightly different, so it, it looked a little bit squarer than the Citroen Saxos. Um, and then in Europe, they do really well with the um, the Saxos in the hill climbing and sprinting um, side of things. Um, so it's when you typically you're going to get a, a couple of thousand meters worth of track up the side of a hill you start at the bottom and it's the fastest one to the top um in in different classes um one at a time go going up the hill it's quite good fun so how fast can you go on one of these depending on on what you've done modifications wise but on a on a basic bog standard one that you pick up from the for you know you could you could pick up from the forecourt i think they Mm. topped out around 127 miles an hour um, now the these races cold. that you do, do they? Um, you have to put governors on them to where you're you're limited to a certain amount of 
tweaks no, and upgrades not. that you can do to your car? Or? The 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 junior saloon car championship that we're doing is is predominant. It, well, it's it's a like I say a single single car championship. So they use the Citroen Saxos only, and they use the 1.6 eight valve variant of the engines, which on um, on a on a new one you were pushing out uh, around the 90 horsepower mark. Okay. So they're not massive power, not a big the the cars weigh. Uh, the basic weight for them has to be has to be a minimum of eight hundred and thirty kilos. Now, is this so a track th- that's? Uh, is it a circular track, oval track, or what kind of track is it? Yeah. Uh, is it like a yeah? Many, many corners, all sorts of yeah, loads of different corners. So your typical sort of English and European circuit. I got not you. we're not not doing a lot of sort of oval races mm-hmm. like you get you guys uh, like your NASCAR stuff and everything. It's not yeah. not so much like that. I got you. Uh, so this the series that we're working with um, is is very very strict on what you can and can't do with the engines. It's what they call a stock hatch series. Mm-hmm. So it's a stock hatchback series. So pretty much everything has to be the standard parts that you would get on the car when it was bought. Other than we're allowed to change the suspension dampers out for for ones that are set in the regulations, the specific dampers that we every car has to use the same type of dampers. Um, the camshaft in the engine is a is a is a a, a set camshaft as well, mm-hmm. and then the ECU, the engine control unit, that's a championship. ECU as well, so they're the three big things that we have to run all the same. So that basically so you can't limits. put a big thing of nitrous in there and soup it up. No, <laughs> no, no, there's not even anywhere where you could hide one in one of these cars. That that's <laughs> and sort of tightly packaged. You couldn't even hide one anywhere to to get around it. You do get people try the odd thing here and there, you know, trying to run different camshafts and stuff, but yeah. they. The scrutineers are really fuel? good. They, what they kind find of fuel are you using for the most yeah. part? Just regular gas in these? Yeah, just pump gas. Uh, over here, we, we're blessed with 98-run pump gas, so it's it's pretty good stuff. We try and run it run it on the best fuel we can and try and eke every horsepower out that we can. Like I say, with these things only pushing around the 90-horsepower mark, um, you know, they're, they're good, good power, per, power per weight, but uh, the more you can get out of the engines, the better. Well, it sounds like another money pit to me. It's like uh, guns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I say, I was supporting, uh, supporting Luke Browning in the Junior Saloon Car Championships, um, watch it, watching Luke's dad get his wallet out every weekend yeah. now is this something <laughs> uh, that the leadheads will be able to to watch on any kind of like live broadcast or anything like that we 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 were supposed to be getting televised um this weekend like um we're at uh, silverstone race circuit um which is the the famous formula one circuit in the uk um, we're over here this weekend racing, um, and it was supposed to be on uh, Motors TV. I don't know if you guys can get that over there. I'm not too sure whether it uh, whether it goes over to you guys. I know it's should it's be big able to Europe. get anything through the interwebs. Yeah, yeah, you'd be able to get it on there. Unfortunately, the guys um, pulled the plug on it at the last minute for some reason. We're not mm. too sure why. Um, we just got an email saying that, that, that it wouldn't be televised. The last race of the season as well will be televised, I believe. So fingers crossed that one comes off 
But if you go onto the um, juniorsaloncars.co.uk, um, you can find out all the information about the cars and the drivers and what have you there and any information on there. And obviously searching for the Junior Saloon Car Championship on Facebook to get some more eyes on the on the, the yeah, young drivers. Exposure, man, exposure. Yeah, I mean, they, all, the, all the drivers on the grid, like I say, are uh, 14 to 17 years old. They're all looking to get the feet on the on the first rung of the motorsport ladder. And, and this is a great cost-effective way to do it. You know, there's a lot of close racing, so it does get quite exciting. Um, Speaking of drivers, uh, I think I hear the jack wagon train rolling in. <laughs> so uh, bring that train in, Gunny. I think we're going to have a repeat customer this week. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right. As I had mentioned earlier, we're going to uh, talk about our last week's Jack Wagon, and uh, then uh, we kind of alluded to who this week's Jack Wagon is going to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the reasons we've got Alan on is um, he had made some uh, observations about our uh, Jack Wagon from last week, which was... Mr. Gratton. Paul Gratton, 50 of Murfreesboro. The guy who um, got convicted of smuggling suppressors from the UK to the US. Didn't have a lot of background on the story, but uh, since Guns.com, Chris uh, Eager or Egger, um, sorry if I f***ed up your name, Chris, but uh, <laughs> he, he did a follow-up on it, did a little more, um, got a little more information for us. So... It says, according to court documents, Gratton, who holds passports for both the U.S. and Britain, I think he's a former uh, citizen of the U.K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just flicking That's through the relocated. report. Awesome. Yeah, so he relocated here and just so happens here in, in the town I live in, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He owns a company called U.K. Arrow. And uh, what they do, as I did a little research on that, is they do, uh, I think they've got uh, helicopter services. Uh, as far as maintenance and repair and things for helicopters. And he may even do have his own, and he offers, like, helicopter rides or something. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, while traveling to England last year, or actually it's 2015, for work to visit his sick mother, who still resides there, he purchased six rimfire suppressors <coughs> over-the-counter, which is legal there, uh, paid about $50 each for those suppressors. And Alan and I were talking about the, these suppressors aren't high quality suppressors. They're not something you want to slap on your, your nine mil or your, your AR 15. They're more of air, yeah. air gun or maybe even a 22 at best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute top. The, the upper limits that I'd use them on would be a two, two. Um, anything bigger than that, you're going to get, you're going to end up with a face full of metal. Right. <laughs> So he disassembled the devices and shipped some suppressor components to his business um, via DHL labeled aircraft-related parts. <laughs> so, <laughs> then carried other parts with him in his checked luggage when returning to Tennessee. So here's the here's the kicker for you uh, people who own your own businesses, um, or maybe if you don't. Um, what tipped off authorities to the action was a call from one of Gratton's employees to, to federal <laughs> agents. The employee turned confidential source, which means he didn't want his name revealed, forwarded pictures of the parcel. And this is a small company, by the way, that this guy owns. 
I can't imagine him having more than two or three employees. So he's yeah. gonna know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I yeah. Yeah. I don't know how his confidentiality is going to uh, help him any in this case. <laughs> when he gets out, that guy's got. Yeah, he's not gonna have a job for much longer. I'm sure is he? he doesn't have one now. Um, <laughs> yeah. It says once Grayton returned to the country and retrieved the package, an agent from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosive armed with a search warrant, paid him a visit at his home and asked about the suppressors. I'm sure he was armed with more than just a search warrant. You Uh, would hope so. (laughs) Calling the items moderators, which I guess that's what you guys call them in the UK, call suppressors moderators. Yeah, we try and, well, like anything, isn't it? Try and stay clear of uh, the word silences. They don't silence, and you always get, get that film type image don't yeah. you for the general public that but don't suppressor know. i mean suppressor is a perfect they suppress sound yeah. is what they do yeah uh so calling the items moderators gratton or grayton pointed out five of the devices which were located on a credenza in his office and retrieved the sixth from behind a panel in his workshop <laughs> so he wasn't trying to hide it at all was he he didn't know no. doesn't no. sound to me like he he thought he was breaking any laws did it I say that facetiously. So, yeah. <laughs> the ATF inspected the six devices and found they were made by, and I'm not going to be able to, can you say the name of that company? Not a clue. Olun Tayo, oh, I'm not even going to attempt that. Ostakikas. Ostakikas, there we go. Ostakikas Oi, a Finnish suppressor manufacturer. Uh, when later evaluated with a Walther P-22 pistol at a test range in West Virginia, the suppressors could drop the sound of gunfire by 20 decibels. The suppressors were imported illegally and not registered to Grattan in the National Firearms Registration and Transfer Record. In motions to the court on the lead-up to last week's trial, Grattan contended that suppressors and similar devices have no regulation requirements in many countries, such as Britain, and he was caught unaware. <laughs> Why did you disassemble them and label them air- aircraft parts? <laughs> Why did you have one hidden behind your credenza or uh, or your panel? Um, it's just so wrong to even even hint that we have no regulation requirements. If he knew, the, the, well, he must know a little bit about the firearms laws over here. And it's to say that we have no he regulation was, in many countries. He was trying to play the I didn't yeah. know Trump card, which ignorance is yeah. no excuse of the law. No, exactly. Ne- never has been except in the case of, who was that? Oh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, indeed, <laughs> in the land from where I hail, no antique guns and high-powered air rifles are required to have some accessories prior to use and strongly encouraged in the remainder of target venues. It says, indeed, anything from air pistols to shotguns fall in this category as the shooting enthusiasts become more environmentally friendly. Mm-hmm. Conversely, in America, I have learned much to the detriment at the hands of a CS. Silencers and similar devices have a special set of rules about their purchase and keeping. This is his quote. I guess this yeah. is this is what his defense was. The government countered with the assertion that Grattan had heard suppressors ran as high as $900 in the U.S. and that he went to great lengths to camouflage his actions because he knew he was in violation of the law, which his actions speak louder than words, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, having, having one hidden behind a panel in his workshop... 
Um, that kind of, to me, that and, and they're the taking them apart, sending some parts home via DHL and the others in his bag. He knew labeled what he was them, doing. Labeled them aircraft parts, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he knew, he knew was, what he was doing. doing. He, yeah. yeah, so he was found guilty I, of delivering of a firearm, which suppressors aren't firearms. I mean, all the more reason that we need to get the, you know, get these dropped off the NFA list. Uh, you know, pass yeah. the HPA, the Hearing Protection Act here in America, and and get suppressors made. Um, well, they're not illegal. Or for one, they're not illegal to have in this no. country. You just have to go through the proper steps, but. The steps yeah. and costs that are associated with it are ridiculous. Now, yeah. when they first set that, I think the the tax fee has always been $200 ever since they set it up, yeah. ever, ever since the beginning. And back then, when they first set it up, $200 was like you could buy a, you know, a car for 200 bucks mm-hmm. back in those days. So, you know, back in those days, it was pretty substantial. But still, I mean, it's still kind of um, the hassle that you have to go through, the paperwork, the wait time. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But it's not cost effective, is it? It really isn't. It's not. And at the same time, uh, when this guy did it, it's still illegal. You know, so he knew it was mm-hmm. illegal. He got caught. He was found guilty of delivering a firearm to a common carrier without written notice, illegal shipment of a firearm with intent to commit a felony, illegal importation of a firearm, illegal receipt of a firearm that had been imported, and unlawful possession, unregistered, of unregistered silencers, and these didn't have um, serial numbers; they were unserialized. Because you, you're saying that the yeah. air rifle suppressors over there don't carry serial numbers. Yeah, if you can get air rifle suppressors over in the UK without uh, without uh, serial numbers on them. They're they're what they class as a de-restricted item. Um, over here, we can have uh, air rifles and air pistols, air pistols up to six foot pounds of muzzle energy and air rifles up to 12 foot pounds of muzzle energy. So they're very, very low power, you know, um, you got, you could just, you, you could go, you could go varmint hunting with a, with one of the air rifles with a pre-charged pneumatic air rifle where, you know, you're going to get consistent muzzle energy, but you won't be going shooting, anything bigger than rabbits with it you know yeah that's the sort of level of muzzle velocity you're looking at where we've got air guns here in america that are taking down big game oh you got (laughs) elks and things seen them ones with the 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 (laughs) pigs pig shooting with them hog shooting oh wow i would love to have a go at that So his he faces a maximum penalty of ten years in prison and a maximum fine of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. All because he pissed off one of his employees. His employee, yeah. <laughs> and that's the reason I'm throwing him on the jack wagon train is <laughs> this this time <laughs> is he would have got away with this had he not pissed off one of his employees. Or even if ran his mouth and told his employee what he was doing, you know? Yeah. If he hadn't have been a jet wagon to start with, he wouldn't be on the jet wagon train now. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, like, like I say, the 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 the, the construction of those things is going to be so so poor for for what he's paid for them, you know. And and that the company that that uh, have made them OTO, um, I think I have seen some of their. I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen some of. The, they are cheap and nasty pieces of kit. They're just <laughs> built for for little, as as you guys would say, little toy pop guns. Little you know, pop the, guns, yeah. 
They're not anything that you could get away with selling for $900. I don't care who you're going to sell them to. <laughs> They're just, yeah. Bless his heart. If you strap one of those to a nine millimeter or something, it would it just fall explode. to pieces. Yeah. So he's not been sentenced yet. So we'll uh, keep a, an eye on this case and see how mm. Mr. Gratton fares. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So did you have anybody you want to throw on the jack wagon train? Um, I yeah. As you guys will all know from the uh, this week's current this week's events, um, you'll have probably all seen. You will probably have all seen more than I've seen in the news um, about the the terror events in in London. So yeah. I'd like to I'd like to put kind of put two. Well, one person and one group of people on the on the the train. Um, obviously, the guy that committed the the horrendous crimes down there. I don't like to say I've I don't even know the guy's name. I've I've avoided trying to find out the guy's name because well, he I doesn't will, even deserve to have his name well, spoken. Exactly, I refuse to even uh, acknowledge his his name. So I don't know. But the guy who committed the crimes, obviously, he's. He's got his seat at, in hell, and uh, he's also got his seat firmly in, in the uh, in the firebox of the the, the, <laughs> the jack wagon train. But also, but I like um, that I like that point you made. His seat is in hell. It's not in. Hmm. It's not with Allah with his virgins. No, it's he's in he hell. He will not be seeing seven virgins. No, this um, this fuck stick is in hell. Oh yeah. Very much so, and also in 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 a roundabout way, I suppose I've got no choice but to throw on my own government. <laughs> um, this whole thing would have potentially could have been stopped before he even hit anybody on the bridge. You know, if we'd have had the ability to have certain people or members of the public able to defend themselves against such attacks, they probably would have seen a handful of injuries rather than. 40 injuries and f four or five fatalities. Yeah, it's, I think it's four four deaths right now, but four, some of the other yeah. injuries may lead to deaths. I'm not sure. But, yeah, but it's a whole a slew of nationalities that were involved in this. So not just yeah. UK the, citizens, but America, American citizen was killed. Uh, yeah. I think there was people from Italy. There was people from uh, all over the world. Uh, South Koreans, some... French, yep. Romanians, Greeks yep. that were affected by this this one terrorist yeah. act. Yeah, which always amazes me because I don't know if similar sort of thing happens over your side of the pond, but when things like this happen, um, everybody just jumps on the, oh, it's this religion or it's this race or it's this that and the other that's caused the problems and it's not it's we need to get out of that mindset if we're going to battle this problem properly we need to get into more into the mindset of these are these people who have been radicalized by other individuals and we need to tackle that as the problem but, not it, but it's left. radical what it's radical muslims yeah you know? yeah unfortunately it's radical the, muslims the, <laughs> so yeah and there's different stages of of their religion you know there's yeah. there's the peaceful and then there's this you know this extremist and you never know what state they're in and no exactly and that's part of the battle is and that's why i i, I don't think this i i can't see uh, a a peaceful and easy end to this sort of attack because the the people 
over in Iraq and Afghanistan that are, are radicalizing the people in the UK, in the US, in Europe. All over the world, yeah. All over the world. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to turn the internet off and stop people being able to talk. You can't do that. So there's got to be education. There's got to be... It's it's a massive, massive issue. You know, it's it's a difficult one. But you're going to have to profile. You have to profile. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're you're Muslim, but that's the profile, you know? That's... It's radical Islamists that are committing these terrorist acts. So... I don't know any other way to do it than to do it that way. Yeah, but yeah, it's, but it, a mu- it's, but a Muslim, uh, you know, could look like me. I could be a Muslim. Well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, it's it's our our typical. So do you you say the word Muslim, and people have this image that pops up in their head. Right. But that's not always the case when you live in a country like ours in the UK. That's actually more the predominant. Muslims are, are are not so much, you know, the the image that pops up in your head. Mm-hmm. It could be anybody, you know. And if you've seen the images of this guy from London, he doesn't look like your typical Muslim. He looks more well, the um, yeah, the bomber, the Boston City Marathon bombers too. I mean, those yeah, yeah, you know, those two guys. They were what, Russian to, or Czech. Yeah, what were they? They look look very Eastern Bloc sort of yeah. thing, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we we I think we're it's starting tough. to see the the, a, the move away from that that sort of look of pe- person being the person that because obviously they're they're the people that so you, you can't go by a look, but you got to go by you know, if somebody follows a certain religion. And this mm. guy this guy had a history of of crime. You know, he had a police record. Yeah, you know, he well, had a history is, of violence. This is this is this is the this is the recurring theme, isn't it? When when things like this happen, what's the usual trail of events afterwards? The police usually come out and say, oh, yeah, he, this person was on our radar and we did have intelligence that something might potentially have been going to happen, but they didn't act on it quickly enough or the information wasn't qualified properly or mm. some some chain of events happens, which means that that person isn't taken into custody and then things like this week's events happen. Now, it must be very hard for the authorities to be able to pick and choose which people they do and don't pick up off the streets and take into custody. But the same sort of merits, this same thing happens time and time again. So that makes me think, well, if they keep coming up, coming out with, oh, we need to have this snooping law, we have to, we have to be able to check everybody's emails all the time, what for? You're not acting on the information you've got already. Right. And they're doing it already, you know? And it's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, and, it may, and they may say, you know, we don't spy on our own citizens, but guess what? We spy on we spy on UK citizens, the US does, and the UK spies on US citizens. But guess what they're doing? They're exchanging yeah. their information at that point. The US yeah, is saying, yeah. hey, you give me information on our people, we'll give you information on your people. Yeah, they can then turn around and say, oh, no, we don't spy on UK citizens, right. but they don't have to because we're paying your well, yeah. secret service and what have you. For- we're giving the US info and they're giving us info. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, uh, and yet they still get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that they get it wrong. I just think they just don't get it, you know? Yeah, they yeah. They have their, I own, think- their own agendas. But uh, an act like this... I don't think it could be prevented anyway. I mean, it, to a certain no. extent, it could have been minimized. Yes. Yeah. 
But yeah. somebody going to Enterprise, rent a car, renting a car, and just barreling down a pedestrian bridge, mowing people yeah. down, is virtually, you can't stop, you can't predict that for the most part. No, exactly. I mean, no. how many cars How many cars do you see every day? You know, they're, they're two tons of, of metal barreling down the road at... 30 40 50 miles an hour or whatever yeah. you know the the big the big murdering machines if if put in the hands of somebody who's in that mindset what does that and sound like, like? that sounds like guns doesn't it <laughs> and yeah, what do they do exactly. with guns they you try know, to the ban guns that when put in the hands of the wrong person is um, in turned hands, into a killing machine right in the hands of the wrong person anything could be turned into a weapon a killing machine Exactly, which is why an airplane. We've seen that New yeah. York. Hello, thank you. Yeah, or, or not thank Aeroplanes, you. Airplanes. You know, you name it, it can be used. Boats. I mean, technically, can you see that? That's my pen. very old and worn out Cantu Bruna Designs That's... Black Ops pen. I've got that. I've got read... that too. I've got one of those too. Where's it? Hey. Good old Dax. Give give a big big shout big shout to Dax. Shout Dax out Bruner. to Dax Bruner on the Cantu yep. Bruner. Check Cantu Bruner designs. Go and check his pens out. Buy as many as you can because they're fantastic. Look, brother. Oh yeah, there we. Yours looking a, a bit neater than mine. Uh, mine's in. Yeah, yours in just my, beat up a little pocket. bit. <laughs> yeah, mine's in my pocket. Um, lights reflecting off it quite a bit. You can just see the. Uh, but that's cool. We edge. got the same pen. Yeah, it's ve the very same well Cantu Bruner okay. Dax pen. Yeah, CantuBrunerDesigns.com, I think it is, isn't it? And the the Black Ops pen, highly recommended. Uh, I've got two of them now. Um, one one that I keep like yours, keep for best, and then that one's in my pocket every single day. I carry it seven days a week, 365 days a year. I think I've had it about 18 months now, and it's yeah. never let me down once. Um, These things are better than Mont Blancs, seriously. I, uh, I I was walking down the high street not long after getting it. Um, walked past a, a, a posh jewelry shop and they had a, a display with Mont Blanc pens outside. So I, I had to get it out of my pocket, held it in front of the window, <laughs> gave the Mont Blancs the middle finger, took oh, a picture and sent it to Dax. Nice. He's like, yeah, he liked that one. He liked that one. <laughs> that is cool. So, yeah, it's, uh, but technically in the UK, if I was to use that or hold it in a threatening manner, I could be prosecuted for having a, a deadly weapon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the extent of things, isn't it? You know, anything can be a deadly weapon when put in the hands of somebody in that right mindset. So, like you say, there's not a lot you can do to stop crazy people. Nope. It's up identify them before they go crazy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, and this guy had I mean, a history, you know, so he he fit a profile. Yeah. I guess he sh probably should have been under some sort of surveillance, but uh, you know, if somebody doesn't show a certain kind of behavior for a while, I guess they just kind of fall off the radar. But yeah, I would imagine so. I don't know. Um, I don't think we've seen the last of this. Obviously, not. I mean, uh -huh. we're going to see it again, whether it's here in the U.S. or it's in the U.K. or yeah. wherever it may be. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to happen again. We're going to see it. Yeah, we'll see it for many, many years. I, uh, I don't know whether whether many of your listeners will know much about the the uh, the history that the United Kingdom's got um, between Great Britain and uh, Northern Ireland, um, and the the IRA, um, mm -hmm. the Irish Republic Army. Um, it's all sort of di died down a, a fair bit in the past ten. 
15 years maybe. Funnily enough, since the start of all the Iraq and Afghanistan troubles, things seem to have gone quiet on the IRA front. Huh. Strange that. We seem to have shifted our target a little bit from uh, from crazy Irish people to crazy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> crazy Muslims. Middle but, Easterns, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we spent many many years dealing with with sure the uh, crazy I, Irish are happy about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least at least they stopped us um, going over there and having to. That's having who. To that's who's behind them. all this. Is the the crazy Irish? The IRA is behind all this. They're disguising it to look like yeah. <laughs> Muslim attacks. They've got they've got the boot polish out and uh, and a couple of tea towels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, um, they obviously, we, we, we spent many, many years uh, getting bombed by the IRA and what have you. So for for a, for a um, radical extremist to jump in a car and, uh, and injure 50 people, we're used to stuff like that in the UK these days. It's uh, it's going to take a lot more than that for them to, to put us off our, uh, our trail. Yeah, so. and that's another thing is the way that, the government officials are addressing these attacks. You know, mm. they're like, you can't, you can't scare us. You know, I can't remember the words that I, I was saw quoted, but something along the lines of, you know, you can't, you can't intimidate us. You can't scare us, but they, they're not trying to intimidate you. They're not trying to scare you. They're trying to kill you. They yeah. could, they could yeah. care less if you're scared or you're intimidated because they're not trying to get you to stop something. They're trying to no. kill you, eliminate you. They don't yeah. want you to stop anything. They just accept your life. They just want you to be dead because death to the infidel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the thing, so isn't it? So why do they is, care uh, if you're intimidated? They don't care. Yeah. No. no but they, they, <laughs> they don't care if you're not intimidated. They don't care if you're not scared. Their, their well, sole purpose is to kill you. Yeah, I had, I, had a, I had a couple of friends uh, message me, oh, I was planning on going to London this weekend, and oh, I'll have to stop that now. So why? They'll blow you up wherever you are. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> doesn't no, matter. They, Their no. goal is not to get you to stop traveling to back and forth from country to country or from town to town. Their goal is to, to they'd rather you stay right where you are, because then they know where you're at. Then they're going to come. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy yeah, for them exactly. to find you and kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly it, and I think the only way we're going to see the, um, this sort of die down or or any sort of end to it is is like I was sort of starting to say with the IRA is is through generational change, education, educating the younger generation. So as they grow up, each generation after the other realizes that that's not the way to get what they want. But you, you know, know how many want... generations these they have been at war? There has been a a jihad, oh, they, yeah, they, they thousands, thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands <laughs> of years. That's they're, that's they're all they've ever done has been at war. Yeah, yeah, they're old hands at it. I mean, they they kick Russia's ass a fair few times, haven't they? Right. You know, and, and even and long clap. before there was a Russia, they were doing this and fighting and killing each other. And yeah, they they so, they don't know anything else. You know, it's war very is arrogant war of us to think that you know we'll be able to to educate them and change them mm. and and see a different way because yeah. this is the only way and their way has been around a lot longer than our way has. Yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, it's, I'm not it saying it's uh, right. It's not right. You know? No, 
but it, it doesn't hurt to try, and hopefully, <laughs> as, as time goes on, you know, hopefully they sort of start to see that, all right, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, 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 a, it's a big wide It's a rabbit hole, man. That, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it really is, and you could go down so many different boroughs. It's unbelievable, you know, the education of it. And I mean, that, let's face it, half the reason ISIS are getting as pr- prolific as they are is because what what's their prime motive when they get into place, other than screw <laughs> chopping heads off and and raping kids, is is t- to stop education of women, you mm. know. The, the whole sort of regime, you know, the, the sort of extremist Muslim regime wants to stop the education of women because then they know that there's not education in the homes, which means then if you control education, then you control the population. You, know, you it's, control everything. You can, yeah. If you yeah, control someone's education and what they know, Look at South, uh, then they're only going to know what you tell them. Is it North Korea? Which is the crazy Korea? Is it North or South? North. I keep yeah. Yeah. It's the exact same thing there. They all believe that we're all all out in a nuclear winter and we're all scrapped, <laughs> scrouching around for 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 uh, <laughs> for, for varmints like and, and the Walking fruit, Dead. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you control education and information, then you control a population. Yeah. Strange that, isn't it? How our media seems to do similar things. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly some some of the media is. outlets you look and read and you think, hmm, hang on a minute, <laughs> not too dissimilar in a, in some aspects, but at least we go, don't go around trying to uh, trying to kill people to get our way forward, you know. So yeah, it's, some of uh, us it's a big big <laughs> rabbit warren with lots of rabbit holes that you could go down for many many hours. <laughs> I don't think we've got enough enough shows in the decade, have we, that we could uh, could spend going down that. No, but I mean, but that's the thing you got to realize is that they don't care. You know, they, no, they don't. No. They don't want to change. Their that's not their goal. Their goal is not to change you. Their goal is to kill you. Yeah. That, that's it. And I think they that's figured that it. out a long time ago. It's like you're saying, well, maybe, you know, hopefully we can educate them and change them and they'll see our way. I think maybe yeah. they they, maybe they did that. They're doing to us. They tried that and they're like, screw it. That's not going to work. Kill yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, Death to all infidels. <laughs> see how many we can get each time. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's a scary concept, isn't it? But that's the that's the world we've got to deal with. So and, uh, at least you guys, you know, you can... You can defend yourselves, you know. Poor old, poor old us over here. Your, your long lost cousins over at the other side of the pond. Here, you know, well, we're like trying, I say, man. I, we're trying. Uh, yeah, if, if I hold my pen in the wrong way, I could be prosecuted could for be that. Prosecuted. There's people who've, there's people who've been sent to jail for um, for beating off attackers with a bunch of keys, and because they held the keys in between the fingers, you know, like uh, Wolverine's claws. Yeah. Because they did that as they hit somebody to try and fend them off, they were prosecuted for that. It's for it's craziness. Yeah, you, oh you my literally. Gosh. You got to be kidding yeah. me! No, no. Uh, what was that? I think mid mid eighties, somewhere like that. I remember uh, remember a case going to court and somebody was prosecuted. I don't. I can't remember whether they they were were actually found guilty or what have you, or whether yeah. they got off. But there was definitely a case, and somebody's life was was put in the balance because they defended themselves against a would be attacker. But because the 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 keys, the way they held the, their keys, 
yeah, the way they held their keys in between the knuckles as they made a fist and the keys were sticking out of the knuckles and, and they tried to fend this person off, they, they were prosecuted, tried to be prosecuted for that. Oh my it's, gosh. it's craziness. And bit by bit, like, like you guys are set trying to get, the NFA repealed and all all the stuff that you guys are trying to do to get your Second Amendment rights uh, to keep them intact, you've got to fight tooth and nail every single day to keep everything you've got. Don't give them an inch because they will take a mile and give it five years and you'll be get, getting people prosecuted for um, trying to defend themselves with a pen. You know, it's, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, as you probably know, I've got two little girls. Mm-hmm. And, Proud Papa. You know, we, yeah, try my best. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning. Um, you know, and and we go out into crowded areas, and being the sort of person I am, and the the, the you know the 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 sort of circles I've mixed in, and the you know the firearms side of of my life, I'm constantly sort of trying to not stand out, you know, do the grey man thing, try not to stand out too much, but constantly be aware of your surroundings and scanning for threats and stuff like that. And it, and it's terrifying to think that somebody could just, like to, like this week, mount the curb in a car, mow a load of people down, and you just got to stand there and watch it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, what what can you do? There's, there's no defence. You know, at least, like I say, if, if we had some form of of um civilian civilian firearms ownership on on a grander scale where we we're allowed to carry you know i mean pistols are banned in this country so even if even if we were allowed to to carry something we'd be carrying rifles at the minute they you know right. they, we're not allowed to have pistols Can in the you uk imagine though if they made pistols legal in the uk the sales oh gun companies would be they, they would be flipping over themselves to get over there. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they would be killing until, each other to get over there. Yeah, up until the late eighties, the pistols, pistol shooting in the in the UK was a massive, massive side of of the shooting sports. And and when it was banned, the the government bought back all well majority of the pistols that were out in circulation there was a lot that were just given up freely but they they operated a buyback scheme like you guys see in in states across the US yeah they used to do and, yeah. I haven't seen one lately thank goodness yeah, I was going to say I've not heard of one for a while, so mm-hmm. hopefully that's all dying down for you guys. But yeah. yeah, they they carried out buyback schemes across the UK, and and the government paid a fortune. I think it racked into the billions to buy back these legally held firearms from people who'd owned them for tens, twenty, thirty years. Yeah, posed no threat a modern society that posed no threat and in fact majority of them were stand-up citizens member you know pillars of the society decent hard-working men and women that had to give up their firearms because one person went a bit bananas right. and killed a lot of kids in a school well and you can't blame it on that one person you got to blame it on the freaking politicians that take this stuff Unfortunately, to, yeah, to the their, you know, they hang have, their political careers on on this type of crap, you know. Yeah, yeah, and they they, they make the the knee jerk reaction. Oh well, quickly let's ban this, that, and the other, and before yeah. you know it, an entire industry in the UK is is dying, you know. And I wouldn't mind as well, but uh, in the case of um, 
uh, the, the the guy that went into the school and shot the kids, um, mm-hmm. he didn't even use a pistol. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even didn't even have one on him from from what I can remember from the reports. He used a. You talking a about here in America? Sorry, you talking about here in the America? No, no, over over in the UK. I'm re- oh, I'm being really bad now. I sh- that, How I forgot long the ago g- was that? Oh, the late eighties. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had, we had two big um, big news. Um, the Hungford shooting. Hungford massacre. Hungerford, that's the one. Yes. Hungerford, okay. Yeah, so I think it was Hungerford saw the end of um, pistols in the UK, mm-hmm. and there was another one before it that saw the end of semi-automatic centerfire rifles. So we can still have semi-automatic rimfire uh, in the UK, but we can't have anything centerfire um, as semi-auto. So at least we've still got something fun to have a play with, but it'd be nice to be able to get out to the range and rock the old 5.56 semi-auto light. And And is there any... um, Do you see any light or is there any push or... Does, does anything exist to try to get them back? There's there's a few little groups that are trying to get some traction um, with the government um, to, to get uh, pistols back. Um, we saw a big sort of big push around the Olympics. Um, obviously, the Olympic shooters needed to, to be able to practice um, the shooting and what have you. At the minute, our Olympic shooting team has to travel over to Europe um, and go shooting in Europe um, with the pistols mm-hmm. um, to, to you know to get the practice in and what have you. So there was a lot of hope that whilst the Olympics was up, was on, we might get some temporary reprieve or some form of legislation so that the, at least the Olympic Olympic shooters could could come over and do, use their firearms over here. Do your but, law enforcement carry pistols? Not for the most part. We do have majority of our police officers um, will carry batons and like CS spray, mm-hmm. uh, but the majority of them now are uh, other, otherwise unarmed. Um, we have specialist firearms units. Um, like this officer which, that was killed uh, was stabbed to death by this um, latest terrorist yeah. attack here. Yeah. Well, so all he had I'm was not- a billy club and mace to protect himself. Yeah, I'm not too sure whether whether the the officer who was killed was was even a, was a was a firearms officer. I, I don't think he was. I think he was just one of the normal um, sort of beat officers that we call them beat officers. The, mm-hmm. the Bobby that walks the beat. He was the, the the normal officer you'd see walking up and down the the, the high streets and what have you. Yeah. So probably just yeah, a little bit of a, a baton, a set of handcuffs, and a, a can of CS spray. Um, in that. That detail that he was on, I would imagine he'd probably wearing a vest, but obviously um, the guy got the knife somewhere where the vest wasn't able to to protect him, and he's for, he's paid with his life for it, unfortunately. So I guess they're going to uh, come after your knives uh, after this incident. Well, again, that's a heavily restricted item. We are not allowed to carry a knife in about our person on the on the streets of the UK. Um, there's um a bit of legislation that said uh, a fixed blade knife is is banned for being carried on on the on the high streets and a, a folding knife with a blade of up to three inches is permissible with 
sufficient reason. So if you're just carrying one for the sake of carrying one, that's not a sufficient reason. Self-protection in the UK is not a, a good enough reason to Obviously be Obviously not if you can't protect yourself with keys. <laughs> no, yeah, You exactly. can't defend yourself from a, a, an attacker with keys. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, this is it. Um, oh so yeah, uh, what what we what what we see every now and again is um, somebody will get arrested for carrying a knife and claim, oh, I was on my way to meet my friend and we were going fishing and I needed it for gutting a fish or whatever. Yeah. Um, sometimes that holds up. Sometimes the police see right through it and it's just some kid who you know a gang member wanting to go and stab somebody. So um, <laughs> yeah, if if you've got a good enough reason, you know, to have a knife as long as the blade's under three inches and it's a non-locking foldable knife then chances are you'll get a slap on the wrists and be sent on your way um, but nine yeah. times out of ten the police will arrest you take you to jail and you'll have to wait to be processed and then you'll probably be let out afterwards it's wow. a case of arrest them first and then we'll sort it out at, at, the, at the the police house sort of thing yeah so so is, uh, I hope you leadheads are listening to this. I mean, this is this is firsthand account of what it's like over in the UK. You know, learn from where, our mistakes. <laughs> where, well, where you know our our political leaders, you know, our government uh, has been liking in you know their reasoning for taking away our guns, limiting our uh, our access to firearms to to not even knives. Uh, you know, they're basing it on the UK. And now you're hearing it firsthand from a citizen over there. You know, how sucky it is. Yeah. You know, where the media here portrays it as such a great thing. You know, model, why don't we model ourselves after the UK? Because, you know, their crime rate is so low over there, which it's not. Your gun, your gun violence is, is lower mm. than here, but your, your violent crimes are higher. Yeah. Well, the main reason our gun crime is, is lower than yours per, per head. I've look, looked into the stats per head, and yes, our, our gun crime is lower per head. The reason behind that is we've got a big, big expanse of water around us to stop many people crossing our borders. There's only certain ways into our borders. You know, our, our naval, uh, our coast guard uh, do an excellent job at stopping boats coming into the country illegally our border forces do a fantastic job of stopping people bringing things into the country obviously mr gratton found a way of getting out with them but he didn't get any in right so the guy the guys that uh, guys and girls that protect our borders do a very good job and that's half the reason why our our gun crime is so low because it is so hard now for criminals to get hold of the firearms that's only been able to be done because our country is a fraction of the size of yours. Don't forget, I think we looked into it when when I was on the show with you and and Dan. Um, I think we've 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 figured out that the UK, the Great Britain in its entirety, would fit into the state of Texas right. three times. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how small our country is. Right. You know, we we could we could all, we could line up the entire population. But that's their, I mean, that's the their. Comp let's say. All right, so let's say somebody doesn't have guns or they've got half the amount of guns. Obviously, mm -hmm. their 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 crime rate with that particular device is going to be lower. Yeah, because yeah. because you don't you, they don't exist. You know, yeah. obviously ours is going to be higher because we have more of them. We have more people. We have a yeah. higher population. 
Yeah. But look at the violent crime rate. The, the crimes look are still our, being committed. They're finding other ways. Other, look at our knife, our knife crime statistics. Other, right. Other our, devices. Bats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Baseball bats. You know, pint glasses. Pint glasses pint over glasses. Here <laughs> There are more people. Especially after a soccer it, game, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's more people wounded with pint glasses in the UK on a weekend <laughs> than, than there's probably people killed in the US in a year with firearms. <laughs> it is unbelievable. You know, the, the football or soccer over here has a lot to answer for for that side of things. I'm not saying they're all bad. But that's where, you know, right. I, I was in Manchester for the, the Manchester United and Manchester City derby a few years ago. I was walking through the middle of Manchester City Centre and I saw three fights break out. This is at like 11 o'clock in the morning. Three <laughs> fights break out between drunken football supporters. And in each one of them, pint glasses were thrown from one side to another. <laughs> what are you going to do? Ban pint glasses? Obviously not, because they've been doing that for, for hundreds of years over there. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like a yeah. tradition, right? Yeah. So you look <laughs> at the statistics for other violent crime in the UK, and they absolutely floor you guys for for like for like per capita. You know, the knife crime over here is 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 unbelievable. And then tr even with the laws in place to say that you've got to have a good reason for carrying the knife and mm -hmm. it can only be a certain, you know, certain size. Um, but then who is it that are, that are, uh, you know, in these stats, it's criminals, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's people who aren't following the law, who aren't abiding mm -hmm. by the law, who have no intention of doing it, and probably have a history of not doing that, that are committing these crimes with the knives. You know, same thing over yeah. here with the guns. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What is what is the the consequence for a lot of these people not following the law? Nine times out of ten, they go to jail where they get a roof over their head, three square meals a day, somewhere to work out. You know, the the prison system in the UK is um, is a, a bit different to some of the some of the prisons that you guys have got over there. It's it's more like a holiday camp over here from the from the reports that we see. Yeah. You do get you do get your your rough jails where you know there's a few people get roughed up here and there, but nothing to the extent that some of you guys have got. Yeah. Is it the is it Texas has got the the tent city? Is it? I remember reading something about that. There's the, the the jail with the um oh the the governor of the jail the, the, the it was that Painted overcrowded. That, sorry, the one that painted it pink. I think that was it. Yeah, made all the inmates wear pink overalls and stuff. Yeah, we talked something. about that um, with Nick Atkinson uh, when I had the Beastmaster <laughs> hunting on because that's yeah. we were in Texas. We were doing that show, and he was talking about that. Um, that sheriff down there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Joe Ar Arpeo. Joe Arpeo. That that's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember re reading about him and some of some of the stuff that he'd done with the uh, the prison over there, and thinking that he's like, he, that guy had had the right idea. You know, make it the sort of place where people don't want to go back, and maybe they will look at changing their lives when they do get out. But that no, uh, that sheriff was from Arizona. Oh, Maricop Arizona, Maricopa was it? County, Arizona was Joe Arpo. Arpo. But we did talk about some uh, sheriff from mm. Texas on our previous show with uh, with Beastmaster. So you guys can go back and listen to that show. But, yeah, um, yeah. All right, man. So that was a that was a long jack wagon train. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was actually the whole show. The whole show was the jack wagon train. We've been uh, we've been like an hour and a half now, so. All uh, right. <laughs> I totally forgot we were even doing the jack wagon bit. We just kept going with that one, didn't we? Going, it just goes on yeah. and on and on and on. So. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's a, it's a big rabbit hole that we went down. <laughs> it is, and like you said, I mean, we could talk forever on that and uh, just talk ourselves in circles, basically, is what we're yeah. going Yeah. What on I thought was jet. great was, you know, giving, giving our listeners uh, a reminder of what it's like in the U.K. where firearms are heavily restricted, handguns are outlawed, they're not allowed at all, yeah. uh, citizens yeah. can't own them for any reason, right? Yeah, um, the only the only way you can get anything resembling uh, a pistol is if it's what's classed as a long barrel revolver. Um, so they have to have a, a minimum barrel length of twelve inches, I think, from memory, and they then must have a, like an arm brace welded on. They must well not welded on. They must be part of the the material. Mm-hmm. So say with your nineteen elevens, when you when you make the frame for the nineteen eleven, the frame should must have an arm brace of six inches built into it, machined into it. It's got hmm. to be the solid construction. Yeah. That's the only way you can get anything resembling a, a pistol in the UK. And to be honest, with a with a six-inch fake silencer on one end or moderator <laughs> on one end and a big arm brace, they don't really resemble a, resemble a pistol anymore. Right. Um, if guys can go on and uh, have a quick look on my Instagram feed, if you scroll back a fair while now, um, you'll be able to see a, see a couple of photos of a few of them. Um, I'm on Instagram as Alan Apone, A-L-A-N-A-P-O-N-E. Um, you can you guys can go and have a have a nose around on there. And uh, I've not got much on much firearms stuff on there at the at the minute. The the past twelve months or so has been been pretty hectic with uh, with family and racing. So what's um, up with the but, Lamborghinis? Oh yeah, what's I've got a bit of Lambos, a penchant. Huh? Got a bit of a thing for the Lambos. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got, you must be near a dealer or something. What's up with that? The, the, my day job, I'm a fire alarm engineer in my day job, um, and we've got a contract with Lamborghini up in Stockport near Manchester. Um, so I've been in been into them a couple of times, checking those those guys' cars out whilst I've been fixing the fire alarms, and then uh, got talking to well, uh, was working uh, working away in the in the UK and um, driving down this country road um, on my way to the, the next job past this little country pub and as I looked into the car park I saw uh, I think there was six or seven Lamborghinis in the car park <laughs> I thought oh I've got to have a look and see what's going on here anyway long story short got chatting to one of the owners a guy called Tony um, and I've been been talking to been sort of building up a bit of a friendship with him ever since um he's the the orange uh hurricane that's on there probably the most recent lambo picture i think on there um i've been but took me out for a spin in it uh, a couple of months ago Sweet. so it was quite did you get to drive nice. it uh he offered me the keys um but and you didn't time, take it man did, didn't have any alan I know I didn't have any insurance at the time. My uh, my own car was off the road and what have you. And I've 
basically my own Saxo that I, I had, I took off the road to convert into a full-time race car to do my own racing in. Um, so I didn't have any insurance at the time, but since then I've got my, so if I get offered again, Tony, if you ever listen to this, you can offer me, <laughs> offer me a ride in it again and I, I can take it out now. So you do a yeah, uh, Facebook live or Instagram live feed when you do that. Yeah, I will do. Don't worry. Probably be just me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those things are a phenomenal piece of kit. Yeah, they're they're a lovely, lovely motor. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah. And just what's the Vanquish? To, uh, did you get to? Uh, did you get to do anything with the Vanquish? Uh, Vanquish. No, no. That was um, that was again just that was part outside a, a job that I was at. Um, oh, I got you. So okay. There was a. Uh, an Aston Martin garage across yes. across the road, so went and took a few photos of those. Um, there's a picture of a uh, me sat in the driver's seat of a Carrera 4S, I think, on there, a Porsche. Um, I didn't drive that one, but I got the the owner took me out for a spin in that one. That was a nice piece of kit. Yeah, that's that set me off on a on a bit of a Porsche fetish. Um, which when you mentioned. No mentioned in your last show about joe rogan oh. how you'd bumped into oh. joe rogan joe rogan has got um, a porsche that's been modified by a guy called alex ross who runs a company called shark works they're a phenomenal piece of kit um, and i'd listened to the joe rogan podcast with magnus walker who does all old porsches mm. and then alex ross who does who modifies like the, the mo more modern porsches right on. so that's I've been listening to his podcast for a little while, so uh, that's why when you when you mentioned him, I thought, oh yeah, he'd, he'd be a good. <laughs> he's, he's quite into he's quite into the um, quite into hunting and what have you. In fact, I was just listening to his podcast this afternoon on the way down to Silverstone, and he was talking about um, he's been out bow hunting um, with a guy. I forget the guy's name, but um, yeah, he's he's big into hunting, uh, which is always good to see from somebody over that side of the the yeah, uh, the country. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially Olivia. somebody who's, who's involved with things like the M uh, UFC, and mm. yeah, he's big in, on the big, been on TV quite a bit. You tend to find they get a bit uh, a bit anti, don't you? But it's nice, <laughs> it's nice to find the odd guy who's who's pretty funny and uh, well, he's he's really funny, um, quite informed and uh, and like and likes to shoot and hunt as well. So yeah, yeah. I got a little put off by him because he had. Um, he had Ventura on his show, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, I've I avoided that one. Um, I've yeah, avoided that one. It was... He referred to it in the in his latest podcast, so I'm, I might have to have a listen to it because he does seem to side with Ventura on yeah. that one. He just he, he did does. seem. Yeah, he did did slate Chris Kyle a little bit in in his latest podcast, which is a bit of a shame, but. Yeah. It's one of those, isn't it? He's he's going off the information he's got at the time. So, oh, I, yeah, I understand, but at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, the guy's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. I, I probably wouldn't be on this show if I wasn't siding with Chris Kyle on that that one myself. So, uh, yeah. yeah it's, I think Jesse Ventura needs to uh, wind his neck in a little bit, but uh, yeah, he's, he's it is just, what it is. He's just—he's in it for the publicity. He's in it for Ventura and to push and promote himself. It's yeah, obvious. Well, it's obvious what he does. He—he he has no other agenda but to yeah. to further and push his own agenda, which is himself. Yeah, yeah, and and if 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 he did have true intentions, he would have dropped the court case when Chris was killed, you know, and. That he didn't, so it's it. It just makes it more obvious that he's only in it for the money and and the the supposed glory, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 
mm-hmm. the exposure he's getting the attention. So screw him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's... <laughs> but man, it's been great talking with you. Yeah, it's been good to catch up. Good to see you. Uh, you're still pushing the pushing the show strong, and uh, yeah. that hair's coming on lovely, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> man. I'm I'm about an inch away. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let it go an inch and a half because I want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I can uh, cut it, so. Yeah. Uh, round two. This is round two right here, brother. This yeah, I remember, I remember the it. first one, and uh, yeah, it, you, <laughs> you'll probably get the same uh, tirade of messages going. Man, you look so weird with short hair when you shave it off again. <laughs> you look, it's I'm going to do something different this time with um, when I cut it off. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going. I'm going to do something. I'll do something. Mohican. Go something go for a drastic. Mohican. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do. I may go. I may. I may do an Allen. Yeah. I may go cue ball. I may go completely yeah, yeah. cue ball. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know. I yeah, go, I've never much. been cue ball before, so uh, left hand may go cue ball. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. My mom's always told me to never go cue ball because I got a pointy head. She goes, "Don't do it uh, because your head is. You've got one of the lumpiest heads." Anyway. <laughs> I was like, but you know, I'm 46 now. Surely it's different from when I was eight or whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> well there's only one way to find out that's right i, I suppose the the shorter you cut it the more that you get more the more you get to donate right well it's um the way that they do it is instead of like just one big ponytail and cutting it off they do a bunch yeah. of little ponytails all over the hair so you oh, can get right. you can maximize the hair that way uh, yeah. i took a picture of it last year or not last year to this has been two years ago when i did it uh, and I look like Coolio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, remember, you remember Coolio, the, the old rapper Coolio? Yeah, yeah. I had uh, little ponytails all over the place. Uh, I took a picture of it. I thought I posted it, but I'll take another picture when I do it again and post it so everybody can yeah. see that. Everybody have yeah, a good def- laugh at it. Yeah. It's a fantastic cause as well, anything that you can do to help kids out. I mean, like like I was saying earlier, with, I mean, we're, we're sort of helping kids run race cars, but indirectly um, the, the, the championship donates money to um, the Teenage Cancer Ch- Trust. Um, so helping kids with cancer and, and obviously your, awesome. your locks for locks things. Um, yeah. Ho- well, sorry, hawks for locks. Yeah, AJ Hawks. It's uh, Hawks Locks. Yeah. Hawks Locks of Love or yeah. For Love, something like that. Yeah, fantastic. Anything you can do to help kids uh, make make a kid's life a well, little anybody, bit easier. Yeah, anybody who's not just kids, but this does go to kids. But you know, anybody who's tragically, you know, fire, cancer, however, you know, they've lost their hair. Um, yeah, I'm glad to donate because I can grow it. You know, might as well. Well, so. Alan, again, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. We're going to do this more often. We need to do like a once a month or once a quarter, yeah, yeah. Get, get caught up on what's going on across the pond. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great too, yeah. And I'll, uh, like I say, life's been a bit hectic the past 12 months with the, with the family growing up and uh, and the, the race cars sort of taking off, yeah. but things should should be sort of leveling out a little bit this year. So you, people should be seeing a lot more uh, firearms-related stuff from me, and it's it's something I need to get back into, um, de- dedicating a bit more time to, you know, it's uh, shooting, as, as you guys and your listeners will know, shooting is a perishable skill. If you don't 
don't go out and practice regularly, um, it, you will get worse at it. And um, I'm, I seem to be relatively lucky that I, I only ever seem to drop to a certain level and I can pick it back up again pretty quickly. So I need to get back into it and uh, maybe get some competitions done this year and what have you. As one thing that we are starting to see a big uptake in is um, two-gun competitions. So... Um, Rifles and, and shotguns. Rifle shotgun, yeah. Because yeah, so you can't have pistols. What, does this, hey, hey, does this make you jealous? I'm holding a handgun right here. I'm, I'm rubbing day, it in your face right now. <laughs> one day I will get a plane ticket and I will come and have a go with that. <laughs> yes, sir. You need to come on. You, you got a place to stay anytime. You can stay no, here that, at the at the lead quarters. Definitely. No, but this awesome. is the, the Glock I had custom done. Uh, Danny at Pack oh, Arms. Right. Oh, I like this. Yeah, I the little sword in the sides, fantastic. How is it? How has he done that? Have they like CNC machined into it? It's a secret. He won't say, but yeah, he, he right. used a machine, ported it. It's a port. It's all the way through. All right. So you can see the barrel through it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then That's the top, fantastic. he did the shield and ported it, and you see the barrel. Yeah. That's it. fantastic. Yeah. That's ace, isn't it? That's really good. So, <laughs> Alan, uh, real quick, give everybody the link to where they can hook up with you, where they can hook up with your race uh, endeavors here. Yeah. Um, my personal uh, Instagram feed is Alan Apone, Alan Apone, uh, A-L-A-N-A-P-O-N-E. Um, I've got Instagram. I don't really do much on Twitter, although I think I've got it linked to my Instagram. Um, the race car side of things, you can check out at Made Motorsport. I think it's at Made underscore Motorsport. Um, there's a guy on who's got the Made Motorsport um, thing from America somewhere. I've messaged him to try and get the, the, the proper title off him, but uh, not heard anything back. So yeah, if you just search for Made Motorsport, you'll be able to find us um, on Facebook Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, yeah, that's, we're, we're trying to get a lot of stuff posted up onto uh, Instagram and then linking it through into Twitter and Facebook. So cool. it seems quite easy to do stuff that way. So yeah, just set any questions about uh, UK firearms laws, what you can and can't bring over with you if you're coming over to visit, um, then yeah, send us some messages over and I'll, I'll help you guys out where I can. There you go. And uh, make sure you guys check out all the people that make this show possible, Frontier Tactical. Check them out, FrontierTactical.com, Cobalt Kinetics, CobaltKinetics.com, X-Steel Targets, XSteelTargets.com, and Modern Steel Targets. Steel Targets. It's the ding. I love that bit. Turn it up every time in the car. <laughs> and uh, Modern Spartan Systems at ModernSpartanSystems.com. And if you had not got the skill set yet, go to Barnes & Noble, get the uh, skill set magazine, the Alpha Lifestyle magazine, the new one, uh, that's featuring in the first issue a little review done by our buddy Argo J. Check it out. Uh, and Glock. Check them out. us.glock.com. And who else? Is that everybody? Cantu Bruner Designs. Oh, yeah. Cantu Bruner Designs. Uh, hit up hit up Dax. Say, just heard a freaking Brit and an American talking about your products. They had the exact same pen. It was the Stealth, right? Is that the ones we have? Uh, black Ops, I think, wasn't black it? Black Ops or Stealth or something. It's like it's black and it's got like a carbon fiber uh, yeah. top Carbon to fiber back strap. Yeah. If you want to be a cool guy, then get that pen and tell him uh, Alan and Lefty sent you. And he'll charge, right. you, he'll charge you double. 
It's got to make up for, for what, I, what I saved on mine. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Mine too. And my zombie pen that day. And as always, lead heads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. Otherwise, you'll end up having to recite a big long spiel at the end of this, like in episode 54, when I was on with Dan Paramaniac Products. And your firearms in a manufactured safe built in compliance with BS 7558 of 14 gauge steel construction with interior hinges and locking mechanism, a minimum of three locking bolts bolted to a solid or exterior wall, and the keys to be kept in a secondary safe location. Welcome to the UK. There it was. Go Episode 54. Man, we've been going back a while with our guests. So it's been yeah. it's been almost three years since you've been on, too. That was uh, January 31st, 2014. Wow. That doesn't feel like that long ago. Wow. It doesn't, does it? No, no. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have written that down to... Uh... Yeah. I <laughs> you had, did not I just remember that. Post it. I had about four post-it notes stuck together with it all written down so I could just read it off. <laughs> <laughs> that was a That's... mouthful. That was awesome, though. All right, guys, make sure uh, if you didn't hear our first episode with him, it's TLP 54. Go back, check out that episode, and uh, we'll be back next week.